Oh, what's good, comic fam? It's great to see you. It's another week of comic books that we read that we're bringing back to the table to discuss. I'm sitting here with an Erica Slaughter mask, courtesy of Boom Studios, from my homie, Fire Guy. Hey. It's Ryan. It's me, it's Ryan. It's a little muffled. A little bit. But here's the thing. Comic fam, these are dope. These are so cool. But we got to be real because they're going to want to go and get some of these. You can't wear these to, like, mask up outside. Like, this is not thick enough this for an actual This is definitely mask. not COVID proof. No, no, no. Wear this over a normal mask that you would already be wearing. This is purely decorative. This is only yep. going to protect your identity in the form of, like, a bank robbery or some sort of crime that you want to commit. Yeah, or if you're trying to stop some invisible monsters, you know, whatever. But hit the subscribe button. Slap that like button. Let's get into it. We're going to be chatting about three different comic book series that are fantastic. I don't know what's up with you, dude. You you tend to do this to me, Ryan. You're like, hey, these are the books we should read. You map them out. I'm like, all right, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And then they all happen to be like different levels of disturbing or they're all happen to be different levels of something that they all have to do with like one another they're kind of the same you know and right now we're talking about body horror over and over and over again we kind of are we picked three uh uh yeah this is we have a list kind of of just generic books that we're gonna read and then we kind of every week just scattergory pick three of them and so that this week they ended up kind of all being really really gory and kind of scary and dark so I would put all of these under horror. That's a very good point. Yes, I would as well. All right. So what are we talking about? Because we have On Earth, which is something by Colin Bunn, mm -hmm. and it is wacky. It is definitely like my style of comic book. Quick read and stuff that we're going to dive into just a little bit. As always, we do light spoilers in this video, but we make conscious decisions on what we let you know because we want you to read these. You know, there's a reason why we're picking these. What else do we got? We're going to talk about Immortal Hulk. We're going to oh. talk about a lot of Immortal Hulk. This is a tall pile. Yeah, we're going to talk about 36 issues of Immortal Hulk today. Strap in, guys. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But we're going to catch you up. And we have Joker by Jeff Lemire. This thing was freaking fantastic. Joker killer smile. Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. Oh, and what gem mint is going to join us on the mic? Yeah, stay tuned. So let's jump into it right out the gate with Immortal Hulk. I want to talk about Immortal Hulk. I've been waiting too long to talk about Immortal Hulk. Yeah. It's uh, it was it was all the rage for a while there, and then it feels like a lot of people dropped off of Mortal Hulk, and so now I feel like it might not be a bad time to to start talking about it. I was on the cusp as reading through issues one to twenty six, twenty five, right around there. Whenever it kind of got really wacky into space, there were points where it's like I gotta reread this comic again. I gotta look up this character. I gotta do this, this, and that. And typically, that's a deterrent for me. You know, it's I, I compare that to like Legion of Superheroes a little bit where it's just so much stuff going on. There's a new character and he's actually that other character who was actually this other character. But here's the thing. It's worth it. That's what makes this really special is Al Ewing brought the heat with this comic book changed so much of what we know the Hulk to be. There's a reason this uh, this run is is so well received, so popular. It's really good. It's really good. And I, I say this as a person who has Hulk is one of the characters on my my no no list. I guess you could say somebody I have never really been a fan of. I've never really thought like th that he appealed to me. There's other people on that list like Wolverine, like Punisher, like Ghost Rider, Silver Surfer. Up until a year or two ago, when we changed my mind on that one with a giant piece of content we did. But yes, reading this run from Al Ewing several times now has really kind of encouraged me i really i really want to dig deeper into the hulk's backstory and like solve some of these mysteries that are kind of brought up in this run now we have about 25 issues 
which has been the bulk of what Buzz has been about for like the last two years because we have a horror narrative. We have a monster story. We see different parts of the Hulk that if you aren't affluent with, you may get a little confused, but you'll like it because it's like multi-personality stuff going on. You know, Bruce Banner's having to deal with a lot of different versions of the Hulk, his inner self. But then at the same time, he has ties to hell. Like he is closer to a demon than most Marvel characters in the universe that we know and love. Wait a minute. He's immortal and he's savage, but he's also battle Hulk and Mr. Fix it and the devil incarnate. And he's the last being to make it to the end of the universe at the end of time. There's a lot of things we learn in 25 issues, but we're not here to talk about that because by issue 26, it's, it's kind of a, Great opportunity to start back in with a new narrative. Exactly. They told a pretty epic story over the first 24 issues with the Hulk having a very epic drawn out confrontation with this group called Shadow Base, which was a, you know, a shadowy government organization whose task was to just get rid of the Hulk. Deal with the Hulk. Deal with the Hulk. Figure it out quietly. Mm-hmm. Shadow, Shadow Base. So they have a big conflict. Issue 24, that gets all wrapped up. Hulk is basically now in charge of this base. He's got this crazy million, billion dollar military budget and kind of a, a clean slate. So then one issue later, issue 25, is just kind of this theoretical far future story about the Hulk, kind of more like Galactus than the Hulk. He's up there smashing through planets, and it's a really trippy out there issue that does not tie into anything else. And right after that, issue 26 is kind of the jumping on point that Tom and I at least jumped onto. We're going to talk about everything from issue 26 on through issue 36, which is a great place to start up at, but I encourage everyone to read everything from before because it gets scary. It gets like thought provoking. You see the Hulk cut up into multiple pieces because he's just trying to learn about himself. I mean, you get to learn a lot about the man underneath the skin. True. There's a lot here. And uh, if you want to, you can jump on an issue 26, but I would I would also recommend starting starting from number one and just digging in because there's a lot here. It's right. really good. We got three antagonists to chat about. We have Dario Agar, which we've been actually discussing quite a bit because of Thor MCU spec, you know, that uh, Minotaur. Right. Christian Bale is potentially playing him in a Thor sequel. That's There hasn't really been any further news on that lately, but I he, couldn't I couldn't help but picture him while reading these, so... See how that goes. He's like a combination of all of the worst parts of capitalism in the United States. You know, he kind of represents the person representing YouTube and Facebook and sure. Amazon. You know, it's, it's it's just everything that is looked at as the reason why things are not going well in the country right now. And that kind of starts us out with this process Bruce wants to take us on, which is fixing the world. Bruce Banner kind of has it in his mind that he is, up until now, has kind of just been attacking the symptoms of what's wrong with humanity. And and in his mind now, the best way to kind of fix everything is to dig into the actual root of the problem, which is this company, Roxxon, just kind of like an ever-present corporation in the Marvel Universe. It's like this the worst of the worst company. Yes, they're but somehow, like Tom was saying, they're kind of like a, 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 a weird mixture of of Amazon and Facebook and like Fox News and faceless oil corporations and like big banks it, it's it feels like a big just a big kind of amorphous mix of everything bad you know and the hulk versus a ceo of a, of a, of a corporation is a very strange place for a, a you know a fighting smash them up kind of character to be in 
So it, it raises a lot of interesting conflicts as to how do you even go about attacking like an organization like that. Well, the method that he's going to use is by doing a callback to a prototype version of the Hulk from the 1960s. Yeah, we're talking about Jack Kirby, Ditko, Kaiju, Zemnu. So this guy was a product of the the era of Marvel Comics right before they kind of hit it big with superheroes in the early 60s. Back when they were doing like a lot of giant monster, giant insect kind of one-off comic books. They made this comic about the Hulk which was just a big furry kind of beast looking guy. That's right. We got only two issues of this guy before they would make him into the monster that we know, Bruce Banner, Journey into Mystery 62 and 66 from 1960 and 1961. Could you say they gold balled this guy? <laughs> I would say that. That's right. They brought him back from obscurity, updated and renovated him and made him the villain of this current Immortal Hulk arc right now. And it might be it might be my favorite like stretch of the run is with this guy Zemnu. I think so too, man. I think um ex- except for where it's going right now, so stay tuned. True. He's got this whole ability to kind of it's not quite mind control, but it's like implanting fake memories in everyone. The power of nostalgia is how they describe it. Yeah, it's like everybody suddenly remembers this guy, Zemnu, being the Hulk, being the one to save the day, and the Hulk as the bad guy, and everyone has fake memory. It actually kind of reminded me a lot of what happened with the Sentry back in, like, New Avengers, you know, mid-2000s era, when everyone had fake memories of the Sentry that didn't really happen. You got something similar happening here with the Hulk and Zemnu. People remember Daredevil breaking through this window, and then now they're re-remembering it as Zemnu instead of the, the devil. Exactly. As somebody like the Hulk, who is known for smashing stuff and having big muscles and punching things, it's 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 kind of hard for him to go against a villain whose main ability is mental powers, you know, and he can throw down too. like they can fight, but that's not the way to achieve victory here. And Dario Agar, the Minotaur, is aware of this and is positioning this guy Zemnu as a fake kind of hero out there to get into public confrontations with the Hulk to make the Hulk look bad. And to use his media empire to kind of spin everything and, and put, a, put a bad light on the Hulk. There's a lot going on, is the short version. How relevant are the problems that Bruce is trying to fix right now in these pages? Because that's some of my favorite parts of this storytelling. Yeah, it's a little depressing, but we, we hear Bruce Banner's justification for a lot of this stuff. And he points out, you know, the state of the world right now with climate change and hurricanes and wildfires. Things that we uh, here on the West Coast can look out our window and see happening right now. So. Dude, it's like gray outside, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like 80 degrees. It looks like the sunny. mist. It's, it's pretty scary. Yeah, it's strange. So seeing uh, seeing Hulk kind of committed to, no matter what, kind of making change when change is, is not something that you know organically will happen on its own. So you need you need somebody like like Hulk. His, his mentality here is this needs to change you know, one way or the other. So he basically starts a whole a whole movement. And there's even there's even like people the the people in the city rising up and wearing like plastic Hulk masks kind of yeah. reminded me of like the Joker masks in the Joker movie kind of like V for Vendetta status a bit right and they were and they were spray painting like you know uh, Hulk smash or we believe in Hulk and all that stuff and even that kind of there was a lot of like rioting and and police echoes of of stuff that's happening right now too so there's there's just all kinds of weird you know prescient sort of things that were very very much on point for the way the world is in 2020 right now. That's why I'm loving this book, this run by Al Ewing, because as mentioned, we start with a horror narrative closer to like, I don't know, akin to an EC book. 
You know, where is the ending at? That's going to just make it go. Oh my gosh, that sucks. That's just like the, the thing that's going to hit me in the stomach right before he's like, you think everything's good and you go to the last page and you're like, Oh geez. Okay. You have those moments, but then you also have these like supernatural moments where you're in hell. There's a lot of you know, yeah, like psychological conversations stuff. in hell and, and ghosts and, and, family guilt and like there's there's a lot of bases they cover here but then you're going over you know what's going on with with betty now she's like evolving into this like bird monster you know okay well that's kind of cool too it's it's very scary but then now we're getting into politics and we're getting into uh celebrity we're getting into the hulk finding out that he is now becoming someone that people like excuse me mr hulk yes can we can we get a photo 100 percent, little person say green did you get that and then having to deal with the consequence of losing that because we know that the savage hulk the version of the hulk that we like and we really know for such a long time is someone who is you know it's kind of dumb he doesn't want to get hurt you know he's very simple and he likes seeing the support and that's about to be just taken away really quick I don't know if a lot of people had dropped off this book, but the conversation seems to kind of disappear. Like people aren't talking about Immortal Hulk as, the, as much as they were pre-issue 25. And I think the the realism of the of the modern issues of, on here have turned some people off. Mm-hmm. But way easier to follow from issue 26 on, though. Like if you're looking to get into a narrative where you're not going to be having to read it twice a lot of the time, like really from 26 on, it's going to be just a page-by-page page fun book with that hint of of horror into it. But, dude, you got to get to the leader, man, because now we're caught up with a third villain that is literally the opposite of the Hulk because the Hulk is strength. The Hulk is savage. The Hulk lives to keep Bruce Banner alive, right? Like, he is strength. He is everything. But the opposite of that is the brains, and that's what the leader is. The leader is smart. He's cunning. And he is the foe that's emerging to be his scariest antagonist this book has a has a good tendency to kind of let things build up in the background over time in the first 20 plus issues there was this general who was in charge of the shadow base that over time they built up to make him more and more intimidating and powerful of a threat until he's got his own like hulk suit thing and he's having a big fight with the hulk and that takes 20 issues to build up we've been seeing this stuff with the leader kind of slowly build up in the background in the same way so he's not exactly there yet i think in about maybe two or three issues something's gonna pop off with him and we're gonna see a whole new conflict sort of spin out of this because it appears that we are done with the minotaur we are done with zemnu it appears i'm sure something's gonna happen with them later something always comes back around i hope i hope we do see more of zemnu later by the way because I, I i love that dude i'm mm-hmm. gonna i'm gonna go back and find some older stories he's been in because he, he's not he's not really around that much these are all basically new characters to me this is my first Real big Hulk ongoing story. Like, if I want to figure out what's going on with Joe Fixit, you know, I, I can dig more into the Hulk backstory and learn more about Joe Fixit or or with Rick Jones. Like, what, what's he been up to? Or Amadeus Cho, like, totally awesome Hulk stuff that happened right before this. You know, yeah, I love that conversation that he has with Amadeus Cho. He's, Amadeus is like, yo, am I also affected? Like, am I not going to be able to die? Am I immortal too? And Hulk's like, you don't want to find out. Like, you don't want to, like, do what you got to do to, to, to find out if you can withstand destruction yeah to figure that out you have to die so i mean go ahead and try i guess but i don't i wouldn't you know it's not something you want to figure out i I don't know comic fam this is a run that you gotta read i I hope we did it justice because we don't want to spoil too much because every one of these issues 
to me on a, on a scale of 10, it's nine to 10, every single one. There's something I like about all of them. And this right here is probably some of the best superhero storytelling we've had in a couple of years. Yes, this is, at least for me, this is consistently near the top of, of Marvel books. I would put this up there with Daredevil, with, with Thor, and probably like Venom as like top, top four. I'm trying to think of some other Marvel books that are coming out right now, but those are the those are easily the the uh, the greatest right now books coming out of Marvel Comics, in my opinion. This next book is so dope. Only three issues out of canon Batman. Just diving deep into an aspect of the Joker I've thought about for a long time. It's so good that I can't do it alone. Can't do it with just Fire Guy. We had to bring Jem from Gem and Collectibles on the mic. What's going on, Tom? What's going on, Fire Guy Ryan? It's the first time we're in a video together. And when you asked me to talk about uh, Joker Killer Smile, you couldn't have picked a better title. I think so far, this is my favorite miniseries of the year. Incredible storyline. Can't wait to talk about it. That's exciting. I was, uh, like with all the uh, with all these Black Label series, I've kind of been getting them. And then they kind of just sit in my oversized short box. And I, I don't really pick them out and read them until much later, which is right now. I finally got down, uh, got to sit down and read all these Joker Killer Smile books. They are really good, and we're going to talk about them, and I'm excited. We got Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. The art in this is incredible. The narrative is something that I feel like should have been written a long time ago. But let's break it down a little bit. Light spoilers, but warning, there is a major twist that we will not cover because it's so good, you got to just read this book. Yeah, man, so basically you have uh, this Elseworlds story, this out-of-canon story uh, that really has little to no Batman in it whatsoever. But you have this psychiatrist who's assigned to the Joker, and you can kind of see Joker manipulate him as this story goes along, and the, and the psychiatrist doesn't even see it. It's a psychological horror book. Jeff Lemire is known to writing some creepy stuff and incorporating really strange, almost surreal visuals into these pages. And this narrative is one that we know, but we've never really seen. I think what sets this story apart, for me at least as a, as a cinema person, this, this comic feels like a really strong mix of Silence of the Lambs and like Fight Club. Like something that's really in your head and you're, you're almost confused about what's real and what's not real and... It feels like it should be a very simple surface level story about a doctor and a patient slash, you know, psycho clown criminal. It's not. There's there's a lot of layers here and uh, it's made even more trippy and confusing by the art by Andrea Sorrentino. It's also the same creative team from Gideon Falls and that book is a is a head trip to say the least. So if you if you've read that, you kind of get a little bit of of what you're going to be getting into in this uh, Joker Killer Smile book. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if you like Gideon Falls, which you should be reading that as well, this is the superhero version of that. Not that they're superheroes, but there's characters that you know from comics, like Joker, whereas Gideon Falls is like an independent title. But you're right. When you're reading this story, you don't really know if Joker's manipulating him or not. There's times where you're like, well, how can he do anything? He's in a cell. How can he affect this guy's home life, his personal life, his family life? But, you know, it is the Joker, and he kind of does. Yeah, we know that Joker is known to have done this in the past. I mean, a lot of us are thinking about Harley Quinn. I mean, one shots we've seen even in like the BTOS universe. There are opportunities that Joker uses to manipulate those he's trying to use to achieve his goals, to corrupt, to cause crime and, and really to get at Batman and to take over Gotham. And in this three issue series, we actually see the process. 
One of the uh, one of the bigger complaints I've heard a lot about most of the black label books overall is that a lot of them have been focused on the Joker or Harley Quinn or the Joker and Harley Quinn or Batman. They're all they're all pretty pretty snug in that in that Batman villain universe. Got to bring the A-listers, you know. Sure. Uh on one level, I have an issue with that, and I would like them to branch out more and try different characters. But on the other hand, if all of them can keep the level of quality that like this Joker killer smile has in a book like Harleen had, also that was a three-issue, black-label, oversized Harley Quinn miniseries. That was also really, really good. If they can all be this excellent, then I don't really care, I guess, what, what character they write about. Give me more Joker, I guess, if it's on this level. Yeah, I've heard those complaints as well, but what I say to those people is that every Hill House comic was published under DC Black Label, plus you have stuff like The Question, Last Gods, and a slew of other titles. So it's not just that there are Batman and Harley books, but I guess it's just, you know, if you're not looking close enough, it might seem that way. But to, to your point, Ryan, Harleen is another one of my favorite miniseries from this year. Both of these books were incredible. Excellent taste, my friend. One day we'll talk about that on here, I'm sure. But Comic fam, slap that like button, hit the subscribe button. Did you read this? Did you read any of the Black Label stuff? I wasn't really big on the Joe Hill, Hill House of Comics run. I was really hoping for it, but I was getting the horror vibes, the psychological stuff in these issues, as well as a lot of other comics from this like mature part of DC Comics continuity. Yeah, dude, this was a sadistic version of Joker. You can kind of tell he's just having fun. He's just playing with this guy just because he can, because he has nothing better to do sitting in his cell. Hey, I'm going to just ruin this guy's life. This right here is one of my favorite ways that Joker is depicted in a comic book. He's not hipster. He's not like mafia Joker. He's just crazy. He's sadistic. There's a point in this comic book where he, he finds himself in a place where he's losing some teeth and he's laughing. And you're seeing that Joker just grin with just bloody teeth and missing gaps in between them. And it's horrific, but he's so happy. And I feel like that twisted dichotomy right there is the Joker that is disturbing, which is exactly what I want to see in the Black Label run. It's weird. There were moments reading this that I got specific echoes and vibes from Heath Ledger's Joker, but also from Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Jared Leto's Joker. It felt like kind of a kind of a mishmash, a little bit of of all three different types. But it's it's also very much its own unique version of of Joker too, like Tom was saying. Yeah, I can see that. There's almost something methodical in the way that he is playing this psychiatrist, and almost feels to me like supernatural because there's no like logical way he should be able to do what he's doing. He's not in contact with this person. Like they're what they're separated by glass. Uh, I believe the whole time. But um, yeah, there's something about it that's just like, how is he able to do these things? It's kind of reminds me of, you said glass, which kind of like leads me to think about Mr. Glass from like the Unbreakable universe, like the M. Night movie franchise. In the third movie, you find out just how cunning this character is and how he's able to orchestrate so much from his own prison cell. And it's those types of vibes that I saw in these pages that this mastermind, you don't even know. You can't even conceive just how smart he is because it's masked by so much crazy. I was worried you were going to give spoilers for for Glass or Split or something. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen those yet, so I almost had to like, I don't know, it's going to cover my ears, but I'm wearing headphones. That wouldn't work. This is all, this is all scaring me. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me on this segment. I'm glad to see you guys are reviewing comic books because that's something I do on my channel as well besides just unboxing statues and omnibus. So make sure you guys check that out. But yeah, this three issue series, it was followed up by a one shot Batman the Smile Killer. Same creative team, amazing run. Drop down in the comments below. What did you think of this run by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino and geek responsibly? All right, right here, we got a big surprise for me because I didn't realize that Colin Bunn had wrote a really cool sci-fi narrative that incorporates aspects of mimetic that I really enjoy, but I can't talk to you about it yet, damn it. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know this had any mimetic flavors to it. That makes me a little more excited to finally read that book. Do you have like a trade? Is there trades? Dude, I own... Can you send me home with like some mimetic? Or can we... Dude, I can make that happen, dude. You, make... okay, you know I can make that. that happen. I actually own like three trades of it. Okay. I don't know why. But... Like oh, and it. by the way, did you know if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get free comic books? Did no. you know this, Ryan? Comic no. fam? I went on Amazon Prime and I typed in mimetic in particular and it's free. If you have Amazon Prime, you get access to a ton of comic books. On Comixology? No, Amazon Prime, dude. You rent it from Amazon for free, and then you just have the PDF right there. Did not know that. Comic fam, let me know in the comment section below if you're already reading comics courtesy of your Amazon Prime subscription. Did you know? Because I've had that for way too long. I have not been taking advantage of it. But here's the thing. Mimetic, something I love about this comic book is that it's a tale about evolution. It's about human beings coming together to make something beautiful. And that's all I will say. But this comic book it's got that flavor a little bit because we got body horror and we have the next stage of human evolution happening. Don't Hooray. we? Yeah. It's a so, lovely little tale called Unearth. Dude, this book was pretty surprising with how quickly it moved. Like page by page, there's some like pages where you're having to read a lot of text. There's a lot of dialogue and character development. But then all of a sudden you go one page, two page, three page where there's barely any text and you're being hit with such disturbing images and visuals that are just awesome dude it gets under my skin and that's the kind of shit i like this really is like my favorite kind of comic book like standalone not really tied into a whole bunch of other stuff like immortal hulk like we were talking about earlier where you, you have to know a bunch of things dude, we had to read like 36 issues to talk about that book for what 12 minutes and we didn't right. even really talk about anything <laughs> like there's so much to talk about with that one it's, it's hard to figure out how to tackle that that plot line. We didn't do it justice. We should just go back and re-record the whole gonna thing. We're just going to do the whole thing over uh, again. Hit the like button, fam. But on Earth, <laughs> there's there's seven issues that are out right now. We're only really going to talk about the first five. Yep. And like Tom says, it does happen quick. There's, there's a lot of really scary action happening here. So you can just turn the page. Like in the best horror, stuff just pops out at you sometimes. Ryan, who made it? Who made it? It was Cullen Bunn and Kyle Strom. They co-wrote it together. And the art is done by Baldemar Rivas. There you go. And the story right here is very simple. We got in Mexico some contagion that's going around that's causing these abnormalities. And you think at first it's just like, oh, this person's got a big toe. You know, he stepped on something. Oh, what's going on over here? He didn't get enough sleep. So now his head's just a little bit swollen. Oh, and then there's this guy back here who can't move because he's just a blob. And that's actually our doctor who's here to save all of us because it's just that deformed yeah it was pretty funny they walk into like this medical tent and everyone's like oh man it's really bad in here like oh it smells we gotta we should just like we should just burn this whole thing and just leave now and and they're like oh no the real the real the real bad stuff is here in this creepy back room go to the back room yeah where everyone is all swollen and deformed and you're just like oh what's happening that's what we're getting into right now okay there's some kind of weird mutation disease happening amongst these people it felt to me like a movie that I forgot I had already seen like 15 <laughs> yeah. years ago. You yeah, know? that's what it feels like. It's like Hills Have Eyes mixed with like 
alien versus predator. There's a group of humans that have to go into an area and environment that they're not supposed to be in. And then they find out that they really shouldn't be there because there's other stuff going on. And now they're here to experience it with them. But you have this group of soldiers and and doctors that are classic team up. You know, you got a a squadron of soldiers and scientists who discover that this is basically coming out of a cave, right? They, they, they track everything down to this mysterious cave that just kind of opened up in the middle of the ground a couple days ago. And I'm getting like serious descent vibes yes. from this. It's dark. It's, it's, it's strange. There's like a little butterfly creature that you're like, why would you touch that? Why would you? Don't yeah. touch the butterfly creature. Oh, wait, I thought it was tiny. That thing's actually this big. No one would get that close to this butterfly creature that's that, that big. But again, it sets that stage for like an alien tale. You know, I got in my head while I was reading this, I was thinking Descent and I was thinking HP Lovecraft. There's a lot of uh, it's like a really good mixture of the two of those. Have you watched Lovecraft Country yet? I have. I read the book as well. You know me. I'm a Lovecraft nerd. So, yes. Did you see the casting? Jonathan Major? Jonathan Majors. Yep. The, the star of the show. Just slated for Kang in Ant-Man 3. That'll be fun. Oh my goodness. And you know what I'm hoping for? I hope they pull a fast one on us and they take us to like Egyptian times or something. I want to see Ramatut. I want to see that version of Kang first. How cool would that be, man? There's literally any 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 number of options with Kang. You can tell that story any at any point in along the timeline of of mankind. Damn it, Ryan. We're doing it again and we're talking about superheroes instead of sci-fi horror. What do they find in the cave? They find a whole bunch of scary creatures. How how many uh, how many details would you like? I don't Tom? think I want to go much further than that. Right? I don't want to spoil how do this we, for the comic fam too much because this it really felt like this came and went. Like not a lot of people talked about Unearth. I got as I do. I subscribed to it. I read the first issue when it came out. I was like, oh wow, that's really good. It piles I better up. I better wait. I want to wait till I get a little pile going. Dude, and then it seven came out- issues later. What was it? 2019 in like October or something, like at the end of the year. End of the year. And then pandemic happened and they just now started putting out issues again. And I think it's going to be done after 10 issues. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's going to be a short little story. There's a nice break about halfway through the available issues. And you clearly you see that there's a transition to take place. And so like now it's a great time to get caught up and to start add it to your pull list. It's worth it. Also, I really enjoy how this story absolutely takes place in a cave and it's claustrophobic and it's scary and it's horrific and it's disturbing, but you also get panels of what's going on outside of the cave. The reason why they're in the cave is because stuff is already affecting our reality, our world. There's people in villages in Mexico. There's things going on that's actively happening because of what's happening in the cave so you get a little taste of whatever they're dealing with in this cave it's still happening out there and they're gonna have to deal with it after the fact it's somehow kind of contagious yes it's it's not just creatures that morph and like mutate your body it somehow spreads Mm -hmm. so the concern from the surface people is you know we got to kind of contain this thing here i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to get really too far into it but it's claustrophobic it's very much a body horror story you know, lots like lots of creepy creatures. There was a oh man, the it was I think it was like the first or second issue. There was they get in the fight with this giant monster thing. Turns out the guy is made of, the whole monster is made of like goo. He's like a blob monster, and this one guy gets like stuck in the in the blob and just kind of like slowly. Mamma mia! Just like absorbed he gets, into he's, the. He's in the blob now. Yes. he's part of the creature. And he just now. dies, and that and that's like absorbing into. And the you creature. can hear him like kind of saying like, no, 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 this is like I don't want this, I don't want this, and he just slowly slips in and just kind of like suffocates in the goo of the of the monster, and it's like a whole different kind of like a horrifying story, like. 
Yes, I, I want I want that, please. My jam. This is the kind of comic book stuff I like, and you did a great job picking some of these for us. We got lucky, and shout out to Gem Mint for joining us on the mic today. Comic fam, I want to know your thoughts in the comment section below. What are you reading? Are you reading any of these? We're trying to go through and find great opportunities for you to get brought into a series that you may not be caught up on and reminded of recent series that are out that are prime for reading because they're so epic. You know what? You're either going to read it now or you're going to read it in three years when it hits to volume three and you're wishing you read all of volume one. That's such a good way to put it. It's a, it's a good reminder to read your comics when you get them and don't just let them pile up in your short box and forget about them for a year plus like I do. If you don't have an LCS, a local comic shop, I encourage you to start a shelf at one. Look on Google Maps. Find a place near you. If you don't have one, though, where can they go? Well, you can go to the description box where you can find the Patreon information for Mill Geek Comics, who's our comic shop. That is Russ. He's on this channel every single week. That's right. He's the co-host of the trending list, and he's my comic guy. He's Ryan's comic guy, and he could be yours, too. He can set you up with a shelf at the shop. You're supporting what we do, but also... He'll make sure you get your comics on time in a box with care. All of those are really good ideas and all good examples of geeking responsibly. 